Welcome to 10 Bestest, where we sift through the noise so you don't have to. Each week we share our 10 favorite things of the moment. Anything goes. Welcome everyone to 10 Bestest. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman. And I'm Brian Hart. And we have a great show, don't we? Yeah, we do. Or at least half of it's going to be good. Oh, two halves. <laughs> unless you're just talking about my half. I was, but no. No, mine, mine's going to be good too. I'm excited I get to go first this time. Yeah. And my cool sheet is a podcast series, meaning that it is just 14 episodes and it is called Here's Exactly What to Do. And this is by Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins is a speaker and author, well known for her TED Talk, How to Stop Screwing Yourself Over, that has 15 million views. And her books include The Five Second Rule and a more recent release book is called The High Five Habit that is already an international bestseller. Mel also has a good number of free micro courses as well as larger paid courses that are all online. And I'm a fairly new fan of hers, but after listening to this podcast series, I am now a big fan. The podcast is a series of highly tactical talks and she makes it very simple, which I love. For each area of your life where you're stuck, she tells you exactly what to do, hence the name of the podcast, so that you can move into action and you can start creating positive change. And she does it in a way so you can do it right now. It's got 14 episodes and that's it. She's done with it. It was just released at the end of January, 2022. And it really helps you to get and stay motivated. And she's, or that is the name of the first episode. So in terms of each of these episodes, I'm going to give you a rundown really quickly and tell you my favorite. So get up, get and stay motivated, manifest using science, have more fun. Love that one. Wake up your creativity how to stop worrying, more energy every day, forgive and find freedom, build unstoppable confidence, be more productive, how to handle frustration, mind, mindfulness without meditation. We've talked about that before. And to find some life balance, unlock self-acceptance and discover your passion. So her lessons are short, they're doable, they're captivating and interesting and they're all backed by science. Because of that, I dig it. She is real, she's raw, and she's likable. I like Mel Robbins. Here's exactly what to do. Oh, this sounds really cool. Yeah. I think I'd really dig this. Yes, it is. And it, yeah, I think you'd like a lot of it you know, a lot of it I know, but sure. she does it. I don't know. I just like how she does it and the, the, that whole idea of a tactical thing you can do right then. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. How long is each podcast usually? They're um, about 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. Each. So not super long even, yep. just like mm -hmm. you can say, oh, I like that one. I want to know more about yes. it. Boom. And start implementing in your life. It sounds yes. really cool. Yeah. So the only one that I didn't really get into was the one mindfulness without meditation hmm. because I felt like I knew everything because I, I, I know no, that really no, well. No. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I know that. Come on, Mel. <laughs> Challenge me. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think if I'm, if I really like 13 of the 14, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So. And I bet if you listen to the one, even, you know, if you did listen to that one, you probably find a nugget. That, that is true. So yeah, so, yeah, sure. that's really cool. I will definitely check it out. And yeah. I like the fact that it's uh, succinct. Like you just know there's only 13 or 14 yes. and you know, 
there's not it's not going to be a because that can be overwhelming and that can be oh like, for you sure see the list, you look at our show 227 yes now. yes <laughs> uh, hopefully our new listeners don't get freaked out just dive in whenever you want when yeah you, you know each anyone or all of them or whatever you want to do it's totally fine exactly so thank you so much for yes you're that. welcome all right, I'm going to be talking about a talk show. This is called The Graham Norton Show. It is a BAFTA award-winning show. This, that's the British Academy Film Awards. So Graham won that an award. Uh, he hosts this long-running talk show where he discusses uh, people, trends, and news stories that interest him the most. Uh, he performs a monologue and does comedy sketches and... Uh, uh, includes these eccentric stories and characters while and then welcoming celebrity guests and musical performers. So kind of the standard uh, talk show type vibe. Um, it's an hour long program and it has even a madcap audience participation. The funniest thing about all of this is I didn't know anything about the sketches or any of that other stuff for the audience bits, none of that. All I knew, because I watched the YouTube version because I don't have the show that it's on, I think it's AMC Plus, I don't have that, but on YouTube he has highlights of the show and it's mostly just the parts of him talking with celebrity guests. And this is usually not my thing at all. I, I just don't it's not my bag to hear about what celebrities are, uh, what their favorite food is for the week. But I really actually enjoy this show. And it's not just because they're picking the highlights, although that probably has something to do with it. But first of all, it's British. Uh, so that dry wit, that humor that they have, you know, he's a comedian, like I said, so it's so good. It's not usually as PC since it's British as it might be in the US. They say things that they normally wouldn't say over here. Um, so it's you get a different perspective on a lot of celebrities that you might be uh, you hear them say kind of the same thing over and over. That's super boring to me as well. They're always saying things. Um, he has this great way of putting their guests at ease, kind of making fun of himself, maybe them, their situations, but not in a bad way at all. And you always hear from the guests, I've never had this much fun on a talk show before, or this is my absolute favorite show to do on my press tour because they're on every show, but they always have the most fun and it really shows on the show. You can tell that they're having a good time. It's so funny. Definitely, if you haven't already, checked out the Graham Norton show. I have not checked it out. I don't know who this guy is. I yeah. can't even you picture know, you him. You might see, I, he looked like vaguely familiar. I think okay. he's been around the business so long that I was like, I feel like I've seen his face. Mm. But yeah, I certainly, and I'm a pretty bad judge of like who's popular and who's not um so he just could have been hindsight bias or something else why he looked familiar to me mm -hmm. um but he's apparently been doing this for a long time super wow. famous and the show yeah it's been going forever i just discovered it a few months ago but it just kept coming up and of course the algorithm once you're on youtube oh, yeah. and it just keeps feeding you mm -hmm. and i was like okay i'll watch one more and i would just die laughing like i said i don't even like celebrity talk uh -huh. shows but the this the context is so different than the usual drab of like oh it's it's you know the the Fallons and the the other talk shows it's very rehearsed you yes. know like oh I'm gonna come yes. on I'm gonna talk about this story you know yes. you set it up by asking me this question and then yep. I'll say this and then you'll say this mm -hmm. joke and they like write this performance together yeah I, I, if they do it on this show you can't tell okay but I don't think they do because it seems very. Um, 
ad-libbed and and just free-flowing and hilarious and that's why it's so good like and seriously like a lot of the uh united states actors are like i can't believe we're talking about this right now but this is so much fun like i love it it is it's great it's really really good excellent well thank you you're welcome and if you want to check out any of our show notes it's at 10bestest.com slash exactly my cool sheet is a board game. I haven't talked about a board game in a while. And this is called Codenames. Board game, but it is also available as a web browser version. So if you're interested in that, and the phone app is in the development stage. This was voted or established, I don't even remember where, but in 2016, best game. So here's the premise. You have two competing spy networks and they're communicating with each other within their spy network in codes to contact secret agents and avoid the assassin. So that's, that's the storyline. And here's the game setup. So there are a bunch of cards and they're laid out in a five by five grid where each card has one word on it. And each team, there's two teams always, has one spy master where starting at the beginning of the game, both of the spy masters are able to see which of the cards on the board correspond to their spies and then which one, there's only one that's an assassin. So each turn, the first spy master gives one word to their teammates. The teammates don't know, they see the words, but they don't know which ones correspond to their, their spies that are on their team. So, they get, the spy master then gives a clue and a number corresponding to the number of cards on there that are related to the clue. So the spy master could make it really easy on the team by just choosing an obvious clue that corresponds to one of the cards, but then that team would fall behind. So uh, in the clever spy master is going to find a word, a clue that corresponds to as many of those cards as possible. This is really difficult to do. I have seen people do it with five, with one word, it corresponded to five of those cards, um, but usually you're just doing more like two or three or something like that. This is really fun. I, I play it almost every week. There is a version that you can, it's called duet, you can do it with just two people, uh, but otherwise you need three or more. Uh, like I said, there's a web version. I've played it with people from five different states playing together. It's really awesome. Codenames. Wow, this sounds really cool. I've never heard of this game. Really? And I noticed that, yeah, you've done a few different games, and I, uh -huh. I, don't, I just don't play board games. I play some games online or on my uh -huh. phone, uh -huh. but not many. Only three on my phone, and yeah, not I think a it's because I have games. kids. That's true. That probably yeah. that helps a lot, especially now in COVID. Times. Right. You're not yeah. doing a lot of gatherings and things like that. But even when I did, I just, I, and I love them. I'm not like anti board game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would usually be like once a year, maybe on New Year's. Oh, wow. Like maybe play Cards Against Humanity or something. And, uh -huh. you know, which is fun. Um, but that gets, when you play the same one over and over, it gets yeah, a yeah, little yeah. old. Um, I would love to mix it up a little bit. And that, this one sounds really fun. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. So, how long do you have to try to think of that word that corresponds? Like, well, do you have to, like, is it pretty it fast? Depends, it depends on who you're playing with and how patient they are. Oh, so okay. they do have like a one minute oh, um, timer. little timer thing. Um, so you can use that or if you're all just like, oh, take your time, you know, so it just yeah. depends because it can be really difficult. You're just, yeah. you're just 
baffled and but yeah. you got to go with something right so you just have to go for it wow yeah. well it sounds really cool thanks so much yeah you're I welcome hope i get a play with and i love the fact that it has an online version yes so right now you could do that like even uh -huh. if i didn't you know, i don't have kids i don't have people coming over yes but i can play it online with some yeah. new friends online friends yep totally <laughs> so that's cool yeah Thank you. you're welcome I'm going to be talking about this article, and it is called Alpha Wolf. What does it mean, and should it still be used? This blew me away. So it's been long believed that in the wolf pack, it is led by the alpha wolf. The alpha is usually assumed to be male most of the time also, and um, it's the leader of the pack because it's the strongest. It usually won some kind of battle or challenge by other wolves and it became the alpha. And this spills over into humans as well. The alpha male, how to be more alpha. Is your personality alpha enough? How can I, you know, just be more alpha. It's like, it's so ingrained in our ethos, especially as males, this is definitely a thing that happens all the time. Now, as far as wolves are concerned, this is absolutely not true. Wolf packs are almost always a family. The, the leaders are usually the parents, plain and simple. Now, this all started back in 1947 when uh, Rudolf Schenskel wrote a paper titled Expression Studied Studies on Wolves. And then uh, International Wolf Center founder, David Met, uh, Meech, I believe, wrote a book about that study and it became an absolute truth. This original study was um, wolves that were observed in captivity. So whenever he tried to do, uh, replicate this study, with wolves in the wild, it never ever proved to be true. It was always because it was families. Now, he has been trying to tell everybody that he was wrong ever since. He even tried to pull his own book off the shelf, but the publisher wouldn't do it. They wouldn't allow it. And to this day, most people still think that there are alpha wolves and it is because they won some kind of battle. It's totally not true. And when I read about this, it blew me away in so many reasons. Not only just that whole wolf myth that I've always believed, but how we have embraced this in our society and how it is our ethos and so many things. Even if it's not like a toxic male thing, it's just, you know, being more charismatic and a business leader, you need to be more alpha. All based on something that is completely untrue. I, it's so fascinating. Definitely check out this, alpha, this article, Alpha Wolf, what does it mean and should it still be used? <laughs> this is so great. This is an urban, well, it's not urban, but another yeah. urban myth. It's, yeah. I had no idea. No idea. To that, till as of about two days ago, mm -hmm. I still thought the alpha male or the alpha wolf yeah. um, was the thing. And it was right. because of a battle. So they do have leaders, but it's basically, it's just the mom and the dad. Oh my God. And then as soon as the, those cubs have family, mm -hmm. then they break off into their own pack. And then they're and the, then they're leader. the oh alpha, the parents, they're just parents. But when you look at that, like, oh, I want to be more alpha. Like what, you want to be a dad figure or, you know, it just yeah. like, it totally makes everything so wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, fascinating. That it is, and it's fascinating how people glom onto things like the right brain, left brain thing that I yeah. debunked when a few episodes right. ago. And, and um, they will so not let things. it go. No. And this poor guy has been trying. He's still the leader. That's amazing. The president of this wolf association. Mm -hmm. And he he cannot convince people, even though he was the one that put it in his book from this study. And he cannot tell people that it's not true. They will not believe him now. I and can't they, believe. Uh, that talk about something in society, like what, what that says of where we are. That's, yeah, that's so parallel right. to so many different things. You, you say one mm -hmm. thing and that's it. It sticks forever and you can yeah. never change it. Even when... You're the one that 
made the mistake and you admit it and it's wild. It's yes. so, so crazy. Literally wild. Yes. But no, I, wow. Thank you. I You're love, welcome. love, love learning stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it really blew me away when yes. I, I saw this one. <laughs> so thank you. And so if you want to read that article or any of the things that we talk about, you can go to 10bestest.com slash exactly. My cool sheet is hearkening back to our previous episode where we were talking about movies. Brian was talking about a movie and it was talking about how memorable it was. And I immediately went, oh, I know that what that movie is for me. And it is Sophie's Choice. This was released in 1982. I saw this movie when I was a young teen and it has been burned into my memories ever since. This is one of the few movies I have only seen once, and yet I remember almost every part of it. I can't say that that's true for any other movie. The other ones I know really well, I saw them over and over, but not this one. This movie walks the line between pure joy and pure anguish. It is a beautiful story of friendship, lovers, family, lies, hope, destruction, whimsy, it hits on almost every emotion. The three main characters that are in most of the movie are Meryl Streep, who plays Sophie, Kevin Klein, who's Nathan, and the lesser known Peter McNichol, who plays Stingo. Acting is absolutely superb. I'm not sure there's an emotion that you don't see expressed by one or all the three characters, and it's all done so naturally. The general storyline, if you haven't seen it, is that there are three friends, two of which, Sophie and Nathan, are lovers, but the three of them are inseparable during this time of the movie where Sophie and Nathan are constantly in this tumultual relationship where you eventually learn more about that. Stingo has his own storyline, his dreams of becoming a novelist, and how he fits as a third wheel in this trio. The movie has a storytelling method that isn't done very often, as far as I know, where it's narrated by Stingo, but also splits into this other narration that's done by Sophie about her past that is slowly unveiled during the course of the movie. And just like a mystery novel, we learn more and more about her past. So along with the outstanding acting and the storytelling, I was constantly enthralled with all the unknowns and sometimes wondering whether I'd ever find out. And you do find out. Sophie's Choice. Yeah, this one, I have also only seen it once, but I, mm. I, I will never forget it. Mm. And you know, it's become, it's one of the most acclaimed movies of all time. It's Sophie's Choice has become like a, I don't know what you call it, but you if you have a difficult decision, you're like, oh, this is my Sophie's mm. Choice. And you know, it's become this bigger than life yeah. thing that yeah. people talk about and well-deserved. I mean, I think it's probably the movie that, that put Meryl Streep like on the super yes. stratosphere. Yeah, she won best actress for yeah. that. Yep. And and has pretty, and it's interesting because we had a, a, a one of our uh, friends of the show uh, had a kind of an unpopular opinion that he thought he thought Meryl Streep was a little bit overrated, although he was like except for Sophie's Choice, like mm -hmm. everyone, like even he who is kind of like playing devil's advocate on this uh, idea was like well the, but that's like uh -huh. the gold standard that one yeah. of course and yeah it is. It's another one. And in fact, the same show that I was on with Brian Michael, mm -hmm. we were talking about many of these shows that, um, what is one of our favorite movies that we've only seen once? And oh. mine was Leaving Las Vegas when I talked to him during that show. Uh -huh. um, but then this kind of fits, definitely fits in that category. Yes, this would be mine. Like, yeah. It's like, it's, it's so, it's just so powerful that mm. you just almost can't watch it 
but the one time, but you'll remember it forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You so, know what's really interesting on IMDb? Its rating is seven point four. Yeah, I don't quite understand that. Yeah, maybe it's one of the things where now it became so popular that people want to hate on it. I don't know because it's no idea. Because if you talk to anybody else, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. it's one of the most powerful movies yes. of all time. Yes. So. Yeah, thank you for sharing yeah, that. You're reminding welcome. me about that. Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good one. I'm going to be talking about a movie. This movie, uh, I'm going to be talking about the next three cool sheets are my top three for Sundance 2022. I only saw <laughs> only like nine movies. I usually see in the 30s. So, uh, But I have my top three. And the first one, my number three, is the movie Second Chance. It's directed by uh, Ramim Barani. And at first, I wasn't sure if I would like this movie too much, but it really proved to be one of my favorite kind of documentaries, and that is The Real Life is Stranger Than Fiction. I love that. Uh, It's a documentary chronicling chronicling the life of Richard Davis, the man who invented the concealable bulletproof vest. And he first demonstrated this effectiveness of this invention by shooting himself at point-blank range in the chest. Uh, And he would go on to do this over 196 times over the course of his career. He was a wild businessman. Uh, As you can tell, uh, he he had these very graphic uh, infomercials of people getting shot, half-naked women, uh, this weird movie-style training videos that he sold to the police and military. Uh, He actually wanted to be a filmmaker, so he did this weird, it was like half advertising, half narrative. He built, but he ended up building this empire because of his quirkiness and his just drive. Um, but he wasn't the only game in town, um, but he was definitely consistently pushed the limits of technology and his own morality to stay on top. Then he thought he found this golden ticket material. It was lighter, more flexible, and even stronger than Kevlar. And he thought he could definitely get his foothold back on top and stay on top forever. Uh, he thought it was the best thing he ever could. He acted fast so he could dominate the market again. The problem is, it didn't always work. People started getting killed. His reputation his business was crushed. Um, there's so many other twists in this movie. This just kind of scratches the surface. There's many other things that happened about what happened to him after that, what happened to the people that got hurt, his business, uh, his son involved, his dad. There's so many crazy stories. Like I said, you just can't believe unless you check it out. Check out Second Chance. Whoa. I'm, I'm tripping. Yeah. Um, for so many reasons. So yeah, yeah I can't wait. So, th- but this is one of those things where I don't know when I'm going to be able to see it, right? Because it was. Yeah, on- I didn't. I'm not very good at like re- seeing which movies get picked up and which mm. ones haven't. I got to imagine that this one will. I don't. It could already. There's you know there's premieres that just premiere at Sundance, but they're definitely coming to theaters. Yeah. Most everything you will see, but sometimes it's one or two years away. Yeah. So mm-hmm. definitely write this one down, second chance, and then when it comes out. And maybe I'll try to remind us okay. on the show. But yeah, because it's worth seeing. And like I said, I, when I read the synopsis, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't right. know if this is going to be my bag. But I'm so glad I saw it. Like, awesome. I love those movies that surprise you. Yeah, like for sure. So, well, thank you. You're welcome. So all of our show notes, as a reminder, are at 10bestest.com slash exactly. And I am really excited by that one that you just talked about because it's a really really nice segue into my next cool sheet. Oh, good. My cool sheet is a technology and this is two-dimensional polymers. Strong as steel, light as plastic. I don't know if that's gonna be their tagline, but it should be. So I wanna give a little background on polymers to let you know why this is so special and why I chose it as a cool sheet. 
Polymers, they make up things that are in everyday life everywhere. Uh, what a polymer is, is that it's a long string of individual molecules, kind of like beads on a necklace that are all strung together. If you think of the beads as being the molecules strung together to make the polymer. The most abundant polymer in nature is cellulose. These are strings of glucose sugar that make up things like the trunk of a tree. Nylon, there's another example. This was a paradigm shifter in the 1930s where it hit upon fashion, where then nylon stockings could be used, but also for parachutes, backpacks, and all these really strong things that were made of that polymer. Since then, there have been a multitude of different polymers have been invented. Kevlar, former cool sheet, and was just mentioned in this episode by Brian in that um, movie that you talked about. Um, many, many things, many of these polymers are super strong. However, two things have not ever been imagined for polymers. And one of them is this idea of it being strong, and I mean strong like as steel. Why not? Okay, so let's compare if you had a bunch of twine and you laid it out on the floor and you kind of messed it up a bit on the floor and it would get tangled. But would you trust that to then uh, make this tangled mess and use it as a hammock and lay on it? No, you wouldn't because you'd probably fall right through. In contrast, if you were to take that same twine, but then weave it together in two dimensions, then you would get that hammock that you would lay in, in confidence, right? So this is what these researchers have developed. This two-dimensional polymer where the molecules are cross-linked, not just in one long chain like a rope, but instead they're overlapped in every direction like a two-dimensional sheet. It is amazing. Gases can't pass through it, which is unlike most of these polymers that we use. And it is strong as steel and light as plastic. This will be a game changer in technology. Two-dimensional polymers. Wow, I am like blown away right now. Yeah. So when did this kind of start happening? This, okay, so, like well, how many, yeah, so how many years? So this is this research group is at MIT. Okay. They've been working on it for a while, but it just came out in the news on February 2nd. Oh, wow. And this was alerted to me by David Duncan. So thank you, David Duncan, for that. Dang. And um, and I started looking into it and the background science. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I... this just sounds yes. crazy. Yes. So this is, I mean, so some ideas. Um, it could go on cars and on boats because this thing, it's really hard. And because gases can't go through yeah, it, it means water wild. can't that go through it either. That really blew me away. Yeah. The last part. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, um, and you could build structures out of it you could 3d print a building oh i mean gosh. yes just mind-blowing i'm sure there's many more things you could do that wow. i can't think of but holy moly well thanks so much yes. that's going to be really exciting uh -huh. to see i hope it's not like that movie where they thought they had this incredible substance yes and it, right all of a sudden oh whoops never mind it actually doesn't hold up because that's what it, mm. it was strong to start but it would just weaken over time oh. so that, and i forget what substance it was yeah. it wasn't kevlar because that's what they used before that mm. and now still to this day and in fact it was weaved with kevlar Oh, but interesting. It was, but it made it a lot thinner and lighter and more flexible, mm -hmm. but it also broke down over time. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's not like that. Uh, you know, certainly I don't know anything about it, so it doesn't yeah. sound like it Well, is. I don't think so. And the, one I mean, of the it articles... It sounds like they've done a lot of research on Yes, it, so. and wow, one of the articles cool. I read was another researcher from another institution was talking about it. So, you know, it wasn't just them yeah. touting their own work. It was yeah. another expert in the field saying, oh, yeah, this is a game changer. 
Yeah, well, and yeah, and that was the thing about this, why that mistake was made, is they were trying to rush it out for production mm. to gain, a, you know, the lead back in that industry. And that's where things went yes. wrong, because they took shortcuts. They didn't do Ooh. all the studying and the things that they should have. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's when, like, lives are insane. That's the craziest. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. Well, this sounds cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to be talking about another movie, and this is my second favorite movie, and it could be really close to my first. It was neck and neck with these last two, and this is called Fire of Love. It was directed by Sarah Dosa, and it's another documentary about scientists and lovers uh, Katina and Maurice Kraft, who died in a volcanic explosion during the very thing that brought them together. They were unraveling the mysteries of volcanoes by capturing the most explosive, literally the most explosive imagery ever recorded. So these two French uh, volcanologists, I think is how you say it, people that study volcanoes, um, were rock stars in their field. So they started out really young. They kind of went against the older guard of scientists. Uh, They would say, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. We've done all this really new research. And this is back, you know, in the the 60s. So they're, they're older now, but or they were, but uh, when they were up and comers, they were really kind of looking at these new ideas and new studies and going to these um, volcanoes and learning tons of new things. And it seemed like they were taking these insane risks, but to learn more, but to them, they had a very sound method. They explained there are two types of volcanoes and I didn't even know this. The red ones that are predictable and safe-ish, um, and then there are the gray ones, and those are the killers because they're explosive. There's these gases, you don't know where they're going to go. You know, the red ones is what we think about when we see like lava flowing and it just doesn't explode. I thought those were actually kind of two of the same thing, you know, like first it exploded and then it poured this red lava. It's actually they're kind of different. That's why you see more ash and things in the gray ones. Um, so already I was learning tons, but this fascinating about these people, the footage they have is insane. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of them with uh, super close. I mean, they got so close because they knew and they were comfortable with these red volcanoes that it looked like it was right on top of them and just like falling next to them. It was wild. Um, they're so charismatic and charming. It is crazy. And then after Mount St. Helens, which is actually right next to us um, up in Washington, um, they, their friend died studying that one. They decided they wanted to just start studying gray volcanoes more and then this is how it reminded me of Grizzly Man because we knew from the beginning that they would die studying a different gray volcano. And sure enough, they, I don't know if they show the exact footage, they show footage of kind of when it happened near when it happened. Ugh, it's it was another movie that will stick in my mind forever. Definitely worth seeing Fire of Love. Ah, so does it make you cry at the end? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Want to cry. It's, I was, I, I'm not a, Big I guess you, crier anyway, and I was I guess by myself. I they're the, going to die, Yeah, you knew, but it was, mm-hmm. I, I definitely felt a ton of emotions yeah. throughout the entire film. Yeah. Laughing, um, just um, charmed by them. Like I said, they're yeah, like so funny, and they're like, hmm. they have this witty banter with each other, but yeah, you kind of know it's coming. Yeah, um, yeah. But when you see the footage, uh, they show the volcano explode, and I, you know, and then you know that, oh, Oh, that was it. That mm-hmm. was where they died. Mm-hmm. Either not, maybe not that exact moment, but that volcano, they showed the devastation of that volcano, you know, because those are just unpredictable. They yeah. thought, oh, at the max, this could blow 200 feet in the air and it blew 600, you know what I mean? Wow. Or whatever, yes. you know, like it is so dramatically hard to predict. And they were making a lot of progress and a lot of good research on these volcanoes, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. 
You don't know. always know. Yeah. It's like like a grizzly bear. It's like, yeah. I was going to say, it's like an animal. Like Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's a wild nature is not to be messed with. Yes, yes. Well, but thank you. But it is fascinating. Like the imagery is so beautiful and emotional. That's, and, and yeah. to know that they've done this work. And throughout the whole film, like the guy's like, you know what? I'd rather have a short and adventurous life than a long, boring mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's like, this is the way I want to, like before, like he always said, this is the way I want to go about. Yeah, wow. And he did. So I don't know. Careful what you ask for, I guess, or maybe it was perfect for him. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. wild, but it was so. This movie will, I think, it did win an award. It mm. will certainly be coming out at some point, and I definitely recommend it. Cool. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. You can find all of our show notes at tenbestescott.com/slash exactly. My cool sheet is a video, and this video is called "Do Animals Have Language." All right, animals communicate, we all know that, but here is the question that is posed in this video. Do they have an actual language? So first we have to understand, what is it about communication that does bring it to the level of being an actual language? So in order to be considered a language, as we humans define it, it needs to have four elements. So the first one is something called discreteness. And so this is where you use sound or words that can be combined to create new phrases to express new ideas. It needs to have grammar to be considered a language. So that would be a system of rules. And it needs to have this element of productivity. And that means this ability to use the language to create new ideas, however you do that. Displacement is another term. And I was like, displacement, what does that mean? Well, this means this ability to talk about things that aren't right in front of you in that moment. So this means being able to talk about something that happened in the past or that will happen in the future or to talk about imaginary events. So then it goes into looking at different animals and and assessing them. What are they doing and is this considered a language? So here's an example, cuttlefish. They change their color to warn predators and to communicate. Crabs are snapping their claws to show they are ready to mate. And bees dance to give information to other bees, former cool sheet, about location of flowers and things like that. So which of these count as language? So it goes through which ones do and which ones don't. So for example, the cuttlefish and the crabs, nope, does not count as language. They're not recombining these different ideas and and fitting into that that format of what would be a language. But the bees and waggle dance, they do. And it's, they're expressing this property of the displacement with their moves. They're talking about where's that other thing? It goes through prairie dogs. I didn't know about prairie dogs, but they do that too. Prairie dogs have that in common with bees, which is amazing. It goes through all these different examples. It's really fascinating. I love language. So check out this video. Do animals use a language? Oh, this sounds so cool. Who's this video by? Is this? A, it's a TED Ed. This is another TED Ed. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, they're so good. I know. Gosh, I love they're them. They're so good. Um, yeah, I had a feeling because I was like, this really sounds like another TED Ed video because uh-huh. it just sounds so good. Um, uh, yeah. Ted Ed knows, or YouTube knows me. They're yeah. like sending me videos. I'm like, oh, that's great. You're <gasps> like, hey, yeah. another new cool shit every yeah. week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is perfect. But yeah, this one, yeah. First of all, it, you had me a waggle dance. I was yes. like, all right, I need, to t- I need to watch this because I love little bees and they I love know. dance. And 
Uh, that's all, yeah, super fascinating. Yeah. Can't wait oh to Oh my gosh, I, but I gotta tell about the prairie dogs. The yeah. prairie dogs, they, they like so cool. kind of chipper at each other. Yeah. They tell each other who, like what kind of animal's nearby, and if it's a human, they communicate what the human is wearing Whoa. and whether the human is carrying a gun. Whoa. I'm not even, I'm not kidding. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Holy cow. Yeah. That's wild and so cool. I know. Like, good job, prairie dogs. Yes. Like, figuring it out and mm -hmm. sounding the alarm. I know that like, yeah, I know crows have tons oh, of communication yeah, and things like that. Sure. We've talked about crows before mm -hmm. and um, Kaylee who's former cool sheet. Yes. Yeah. So who knows about all that kind of stuff. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Can't wait to check it out. Thank oh yeah. You. You'll like it. And uh, it's short. <laughs> hey, there you go. Even better. All right. I'm gonna be talking about a, my favorite film. And like I said, the, the last two are neck and neck, but this one, I still put it as my number one, and it is Nanny, and it is directed by Nakayatu uh, Jusu, I believe. I hope that's how you pronounce it. It's her actually her debut feature. Uh, it's about Aisha, who's an immigrant nanny, um, and she's piecing together a new life in New York City while caring for a child in the Upper East Side uh, family, and is forced to confront a concealed truth that threatens to shatter her um, American dream. Now, this is kind of labeled as a horror film, or at least that's how it was described to me or in the description. Something gave me that idea. It's not really a great description. I would call it more of a suspense thriller. And I will say that right off the bat, the cinematography in this is mesmerizing. It is so beautiful. So the way it's shot, the uh, photography, how it looks, um, the slow build of tension and stress and uneasiness, uh, reminded me of some of my favorite movies in the past. So I don't like jump scare horror as much. I mean, I do enjoy them, but they're not like the movies that stick with me. It's more this tension, this uneasiness, the stress. Those are the things and how it's the slow build. Kind of, I, I guess I would, um, uh, uh, similar to like Parasite, how it's just this underlining tension that it keeps ratcheting up. So I'm not saying it's the next Parasite, but I'm saying it's really good and similar. And if you liked it, you might like this one. Um, Aisha is played by um, Anna Diop, and she's been in some other things, including like a, a Titans or I believe some kind of superhero TV show. Um, but she is going to, this one I, I hope is her breakout movie because she is so good in this. Uh, like I said, she plays this um, immigrant from South Africa who then uh, is trying to essentially bring her son to uh, live with her in the United States. So she's kind of taking this job in the meantime. Um, the marriage that she, this couple that she's uh, working for, it's just not going so well and it kind of starts unraveling. Uh, then it, it touches on capitalism, trauma, mental illness, uh, patriarchy and white privilege, so many things. Um, some of that will rub people the wrong way, but it really worked for me. Then it floats into the mystical and it just goes from there. Sometimes you don't know what's real, what's happening, what isn't. And that can be bad, that can be uh, go really south fast, but they really pull it off here. It really worked for me and I love it. Nanny. From your description, I am sold. I know I'm gonna love it. Yeah, That's it's amazing. Just, um, it got really, I was surprised, mixed reviews mm. um, from critics, from top critics. Interesting. Um, and that really surprised me, but there are some hot button issues for mm. sure. The patriarchy definitely rubs people the wrong way. You know, 
gender roles, who's the, you know, the leader of the family, capitalism, certainly white privilege, they hit that head mm. on. And that's a really hot button for a lot of people. Even yeah, people that yeah. think they're progressive and they just don't like dealing with it and they get defensive, mm. they put the guard up. I don't know. I don't know if it had anything to do with that or these critics just know way more about movies than I do, but I loved it. Uh, a lot of my other friends I saw it liked it a lot. And again, it was a movie that you keep thinking about oh, later. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's why... I always like those movies a lot more than when I see, I enjoy, but then it's just like, I never watched it. You know, mm-hmm. I never think about it again. It's a fine movie, but it's not going to make my top three. I love that it has great cinematography too. Oh, that is so gorgeous. Always... That alone is mm. worth watching. It's just so beautiful. You could, if you're not digging it, just turn the volume down to mute and just watch uh, this spectacle because it's nice. so beautiful. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. All of our show notes, you can find those at 10bestest.com slash exactly. Thank you so much for listening once again to our lovely little podcast here, 10 Bestest. Thank you so much. Please share, like, review. Give us a review. We haven't had one in a while. Yeah, that's true. We need to read a few. We have a few that we haven't read yet. We need to do that and get some more reviews. If you give us a review, yeah, we'll read on Yes, for sure. So please do that. We really appreciate you. We love making the show for you. And don't forget to stay curious. Want to learn more about this week's cool sheets? Head on over to 10bestus, that's 10bestus.com, for links to all of our cool sheets. And sign up for our monthly newsletter with bonus cool sheets and other fun stuff. 10bestus will be back with an all-new episode next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern.